your personality follows you wherever you go. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, Episode 10. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. I'm zooming into double figures with my own sound effects from my very own mouth. Cheaper than the royalty-free uh, <laughs> sound effects. That's what happened there. That's what happened there. Here we are. It's been super busy here at Response Suite HQ, and here we are with another episode. Very excited about this one. Mm. And if you have been following us, on the social medias, and if you're not, by the way, following us on them, their social medias, you should be. Make sure you find us, Response Suite, on the Twitter machine. And, and Facebook and Instagram, and as of uh, just very recently, a YouTube channel. Every single week, Rob and I sit in the studio around the table and chat to you guys about something related to the, the latest podcast. We basically use this podcast episode as a springboard, and who knows, I mean, we've gone off on some right tangents about some stuff, but really insightful, hopefully, uh, stuff that you'll really enjoy using in your business. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that over on the YouTube channel for Response Suite. Indeed you do. So what else is happening? Well, we just very recently launched an amazing new feature into Response Suite. We will get onto the interview, by the way, for this episode in just a moment's time. We're pretty excited because it's been all hands to the pump for launching one of the probably the biggest feature release for Response Suite, and that is the conditional logic machine. It was one of the scariest features that we talked about when we mapped it all out, but we knew it was going to be in hot demand because it gives you some really smart abilities within your service to be able to have this conditional, we can't either of us can say, conditional logic to funnel people through your service in different routes depending on what they have said. So you can hide questions, show questions, skip questions, turn questions around. It's easy. It's really, really effective, all based on what people have said in your survey. And the response so far has been absolutely amazing. So massive heads up and high five to Team Response Suite for that absolutely great stuff. And talking of high fives, the person we're going to be introducing today is the world, is the self-proclaimed world foremost authority on donuts. Yep, not the thing he's going to be talking about, but donuts. <laughs> know, yeah, right. So basically, Michael, as familiar who we're talking to today, he is going to be talking about specifically understanding yourself, discovering what your personality style is and how you can actually leverage that. Because let's face it, Rob, there's some things you're really good at. Are there? And there's some things you're really terrible at. Absolutely. So that's, and being able to identify those things and play to your strengths and figure out who you are and how you work can only mean you're going to work more intelligently and more effectively. And that's what Michael's going to talk about. I think when you work with members of staff or when you work with outsourced workers or when you even work with suppliers, you have to like, when, you, when you're interviewing them or when you're assessing whether they should be the supplier that you use, you always look at everything about them. You say, well, I like that. I don't like that. I think they're good at that. And with all of that stuff, you kind of forget to look at what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong and what you're good at and what you're not good at. Totally. A hundred percent. Now, of course, don't worry about taking any notes. We've gone to the trouble for you. In fact, Grace here in the office, who's uh, smiling at me ever so kindly here, um, she's done, gone, gone to all the trouble of taking all the notes that you need over on the show notes page, which you'll find exactly where, Robert? It's blog.responsesuite.com forward slash zero one zero. So there you go. You can find all the show notes there. But uh, let's hear what Michael had to say. Michael, my man, how are you doing? Alrighty, sir. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. So do you want to give us a bit of an overview and all of our listeners about what you actually do? Absolutely. I'm a corporate personality profiler. And what that means in English is companies hire me to literally predict the future behavior of job applicants. So a company will take their applicant pool, distill it down to their top 10, five or three people. And then I'm introduced into the equation and 
what I do is administer a series of psychological assessments, interpret those results, and let the, the client know, based on the applicants that you have, here's what you can expect out of each of them should you choose to hire them. So what that ends up resulting for the client is a great reduction in bad hires and the ability to really figure out who's going to be the best fit for a particular position. That's really interesting. And in this, in this session, we're going to talk about how we can use that within our small businesses. So anybody who's thinking, well, I'm not hiring a bunch of staff, we are going to get into that. But, uh, first. A, 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 absolutely. Just be, before you, you dive into that, I, I want to mention that in my training in personality theory and assessment, what I discovered is that this stuff applies to anyone, whether you're a solopreneur of one or if you're running a large organization and knowing even a little bit about personalities in the workplace and your own personality can arm you with a lot of information and propel you ahead of your competition. That's really interesting. I think it's a, it's a thing that nobody would really think about. So let's talk about why is personality fit so important in business? Sure. And, and, and this applies again across the board. To those of you who are listening to this and you're a one-person shop, it's probably more applicable to you than anyone else. Mm. Your personality follows you wherever you go. And you're right. We don't stop to think about this because as entrepreneurs, we're busy running our businesses. Uh, we don't sit to cogitate, well, what is my personality and how is that impacting the work that I do? But it's always there. Uh, your personality dictates your preferences it dictates where you're going to excel, areas where you might not excel. So if you begin to get even the most fundamental understanding of how you prefer to behave, work, and act, that enables you then to channel your energy and efforts into those situations that are a really good fit. And for those that aren't a good fit, that's where you look for other assistance to help get those things done whether it be outsourcing or automation or other types of processes to take that burden off of yourself. And when you're able to do that, then you can focus on your business the way it's meant to be instead of putting out fires all day long, which he likes to do. You know, what's really interesting is often you'll work on lots of different projects with people and you'll go, why does that one keep failing? And then that didn't really work out very well. Or why am I finding this challenging? And often it's easy to project the problem onto other people or the project itself. And sometimes it's difficult for us to look inward and say, heck, is it just me? That's the problem. Is there something going on here? And by understanding yourself, I think making more meaningful connections, and uh, making being able to use your personality style in order to in, in the most positive way to have better outcomes is, is absolutely fascinating so what are some of the ways that our listeners can actually discover their personality style well the good news is that you don't need to take a, a fancy assessment you don't need to spend years meditating in an ashram someplace you probably already know your personality style but haven't thought to explore it. So the simplest thing is I would encourage all your listeners to make a list of the tasks that they engage in most frequently in their work world that they A, most enjoy and B, and this is important, most excel at. Because here's a dirty little secret. Just because you're interested in something doesn't guarantee that you're any good at it. <laughs> and, and that blows people's minds because they say, well, well, wait a minute, but you know, I really like to work Photoshop. Yeah, but if it takes you a half hour to take the background out of an image and, and you don't have that, that wiring for focusing on detail and being able to move quickly, that's problematic. So you want to take a little bit of a mental 
inventory as far as what are the tasks that you gravitate towards? Do you like big picture thinking, thinking of big plans and coming up with new marketing ideas? Are you someone who prefers to really get granular and focus on you know, the nitty gritty of the financials and high level budgeting and, and, and those types of things? Uh, are you a, an individual who likes getting out there and meeting people face to face, pressing the flesh as they say, and going to mixers and networking events? Or do you prefer to be behind the scenes? This I'm not even scratching the surface here, but you get the idea of the types of things you want to ask yourself to determine what are the things that you love versus what are the things that you're averse to. Hmm. And that's going to help nudge you in the direction of figuring out, all right, these certain things cluster around a certain preference or behavior that I like versus the ones I want to avoid. And that helps get you thinking in this mindset of, yeah, that's a good fit for me, or maybe some particular tasks aren't necessarily the best fit. And I need to look for another solution to get those done. And I'm not talking about paying people to outsource. Yeah, that's a possibility. I'm not a big detail guy. I hate details. I'll admit that. And that shocks a lot of people. Now, there are certain times in my work that I am forced to focus on the detail, and I can for certain little bits of time. But if, if there's a project that requires a tremendous amount of detail focus, to invoke automation to check to make sure I don't make mistakes, uh, a, a colleague or associate, proofreading is a classic example. I don't even try to proofread my own stuff. I mean, we are, we're, we're all limited when we're looking at our own stuff, but it's a joke. I leave out words. I misspell words. So I rough something out and then I send it off to uh, a colleague of mine to say, look at this and, and tune it up. Mm. And it took me like 10 years to realize Dude, don't even try to look at your own stuff because you're wasting your time. It's not part of my hard wiring. I want to get the ideas down on paper, let someone else clean it up, and then I can fine tune. So it really starts with a sense of awareness of what's working for you and what's not. And the things that are not are the ones that you want to look at possibly changing your workflow and systems on. That's, That's really interesting. interesting. So I think obviously one of the things you said there is identify the stuff you're good at and the stuff that you're not good at, identify the stuff you're effective at and the stuff you're not effective at. So once you kind of use that information to get your personality style, what can you do with that? Uh, you know, what, how can you leverage that data to run a business in a more effective way? So one of the things you want to do is start to look at those areas that you've identified. So let's assume that you're uh, a person who likes challenges, you like in people, you might like the whole sales process, and then you want to plug your efforts, time, energy, and attention into those tasks hardcore. Uh, you want to be the one who's doing those things that are really a good fit for you. And here's a real practical example that's like 17 minutes old. Before we got on this, this uh, call, I was reading an internet discussion group and someone was saying, how can I hire someone to outsource my sales and, and marketing piece. And it, it was interesting because I read that and I had two thoughts that went to my mind. The first was, well, no one's going to sell you like you sell yourself because no one knows you and your services and your products better than yourself. But then the other side of me was, that's actually a really good approach if a person is realizing they're not that good at that sort of activity. Now, I don't want to create a scapegoat situation for people to say, well, I, you know, I'd rather be doing other things. So I think I'm going to let someone else handle the sales. Uh-uh. If you're a sales oriented person and your business, let's say you're a consultant, a speaker or a coach, uh, and whatever it is that you 
our marketing revolves heavily around human interaction, then you need to be the one making that initial touch point. But if you're absolutely atrocious at it and you fumble around on the phone and you get the night sweats and you got nightmares about prospecting, that's a pretty good indicator that you might need to get that process offloaded, outsourced, or automated. So you'll start to figure out real quickly, once you get into this mindset, of the things that flow very nicely and very easily for you versus the things that really you either dread doing or you're not good at doing, and you tend to put those off. And that's another indicator, secret tip there, of figuring out what things are not a good fit with your personality, things that end up being continuously procrastinated and get put off and that end up, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. Those are the things that probably aren't the best fit for you because if they were, you'd get them done. We tend to put off things that are hard or things that, are, uh, that we do not enjoy. And that's a direct linkage to personality fit versus non-fit. I mean, let's be honest, there's loads of stuff in our businesses that we just don't want to do. And sure. all, I mean, for me, it goes all the way back to Michael Gerber and the E-Myth, one of my right. favorite books of all time. We get into doing the thing we do because we are the technician. If you sell information about gardening, then you are passionate about gardening. If you are a handyman or a handywoman and you build stuff, you're passionate about that. You probably did not get into that because you wanted to do the finance, you wanted to do the marketing. And there's really no shame in finding out, okay, these are the things that not only am I passionate about, but I'm also good at. Because let's be honest, we don't need to watch too many reality TV show, sort of talent shows to see a plethora of people who think they're really good at something or are passionate about it, but actually are just all out crappy at it so uh, it's getting that's getting all those things balanced together isn't it so i think there's really no shame in that and then finding other people to move those things on for and then you can use those same sort of questions i suppose michael that you just sort of shared with us to ask other people before you engage them in fulfilling the roles that you want to outsource right and, and you just went and connected the dots beautifully there because you had mentioned before working with a team or a project so let's take joint venture for example which is big you know pe- people forming a joint venture to one shares a list, one shares a product, you sell it, do a launch, and then you divide up the, the revenue based on whatever agreement you've got. Right. You may discover real quick that some joint venture partners are a breeze to work with. You want to know why that is? Because they're a fit with your personality. You're on the same page. You're clicking together. You have the same sense of urgency. You have the same wiring as far as wanting to get things done in a particular way. Think back to a project where you partnered with someone and it didn't go so well. Nine times out of 10, there's going to be a difference, if not a chasm of difference in personality between you and the party you were working with. So you want to make sure that if you're offloading something to a person, let's say it's it's uh, bookkeeping, for example, you want to make sure that that person lives and dies by the details, or you can end up in a situation that's not going to be all that fun and uh, potentially, you know, can end you uh, up in jail if you don't pay taxes and do those necessary things. So if you're, if you're sharing the workload to try to get stuff off your plate, you want to make sure that the person who's doing the job that you're sending their way is wired for those type of behaviors. Uh, and, and the same goes through with selecting partners, Uh, for joint ventures or for any type of other tasks that you may partner on, the two of you will need to at least at the core be on the same page as far as your personality. I have a very high sense of urgency, and I think you can attest to the fact that 
received emails from me at all hours of the day and night, even though I'm in the States, uh, you're emailing me at one point, it's three, four in the morning, I happen to be up. I'm not waiting to send that email till the next morning. I'm going to send it now. That's just the way that I'm wired. Now, if you're dealing with someone whose sense of urgency is like, oh, okay, uh, he sent me an email. I'll respond to that tomorrow at work sometime. That's not going to sit well with you because you're like, all right, come on. The timer starts counting after you send that email message. When's he going to write back? When's he going to reply? So these are the type of things that are around us every day, but most of us ignore. Why? Because we're too busy focused on the nitty gritty of our business. And I get it. You got to get the thing up and running. And in the beginning, depending on where you are in your business journey, you're going to have to do everything to get the ball rolling. But having this mindset, even if you're just contemplating a business idea, will set you up for success once things get out of the gate and you're able to start then moving some of these projects and tasks to others or to other systems to help get things done. It, it's, it's just the absolute dream. And, you know, I was just thinking when you were talking about making sure you do this with like partners, I was thinking some of the dates I've been on and some of the late relationships I've been in, I could have used that too. ask them to sort of justify themselves. <laughs> it could have saved me a lot of heartache, couldn't it? Well, well remember what I said before at the, at the start of the broadcast here, and that is your personality follows you wherever you go. You That's cannot... It. You can't outrun it. So you're absolutely correct where this stuff applies to relationships. It applies to family interaction. It applies to any place where you encounter people. And not even that, if you're on a desert island by yourself, your personality is still there. So at the very least, it's going to apply to you wherever you are. That's it. What we're going to do now, Michael, is we're going to head into what we like to call the quick fire round. Rob's going to kick us off. Just take a breather for a moment. You don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. Here we go. Some nice, short, sharp questions. First of all, a book that you recommend. Oh, well, uh, there's so many of them. I actually happen to like... Anything that's put out, and I'm sure you've you've had this reference before by Seth Godin. He's able to get to the to the crux of marketing and really get into the interpersonal style of how things are done and tapping into how people operate. So any of Seth Godin's work, uh, you know, Sacred Cows. Uh, Make the Best Burgers, I believe, is one of his. Um, there's a ton of them out. I, I don't, I'm not familiar with what his most recent one is, but he's he's a real strong guy to to give you a high level understanding. He really is. He's one of my personal favorites. I love I love his blog. And what would be your top success habit? Whether that's something you do daily or weekly, a habit of yours that you put your success down to responsiveness. I see so many businesses, and it doesn't matter if you're an online business, offline business, small company, large company. So many people out there are too slow in responding to clients' needs and requests. Here's an example. I know this is the lightning round, but this is too good. I was, I was, I, so I, I want to share this. Just the other day, I wanted to spend some money with a company. I wanted to buy a piece of technology. I had left them three voicemails, had not heard a response. It's like, this is ridiculous. If I'm getting this type of crappy service now, what can I expect if I ha- need them down the road? So I went on to another provider. Be urgent, be responsive. When people have questions, answer them. That is enabled me to compete over the past 20 years against some really large assessment providers because I'm a lot more nimble and I'm able to respond to deal with things more quickly. Yeah. I call those people who don't let you buy. I call that the sales prevention department. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Moving on to the next one. Who do you look up to? Oh, well, (laughs) 
who do I look up to? That's, that's an interesting question. Um, from a marketing standpoint, which is primarily what we're focused on here. Yeah, I, I listen and follow a lot to uh, Gary Vanderchuk, who is huge here in the States. I'm not sure. Does he have a, a big presence over there? Oh, yeah. In, His uh, yeah, okay. He's worldwide. Okay. So, you know, he, and I'll be honest, he could be a little too intense for me at times, but his whole idea of it doesn't matter how old you are or where you're starting or if you're 70 years old and you have the passion within you to do something the technology in this day and age enables you to cut years off your startup and learning curve and he's always at the forefront of that and driving that point home and, and I, that's very inspirational to people who might be getting out of their first act as I like to say their their regular corporate job and well, what am I going to do now well hey if you're 60 something you can do something now uh, because if the passion's there, you've got the technology to do it and you just, you just do it. And, and he's, he's a, a big motivating force that, that I reference quite frequently. Yeah. Michael, how do you define success? Well, that's a bit of a loaded question. It depends on what success means to you. In my world, I can tell you that I think as many of us who get into business, freedom is important. I like the ability of having the freedom to set my schedule I work a lot. Okay. I, I, I'm not one of these guys who strives for the four hour work week. Personally, that process doesn't work well with me. I'm always working. Uh, but success, of course, the financial side of things uh, is, is going to link right back into that. Uh, and more so, I think the autonomy, because if there's a client who comes along, who I think is just not going to be a good fit, I'm able to say to them, you know what? we're not a good fit. You need to find another provider because it, this is just not going to go well. So success really varies by the individual. But for me, those two things of, of being autonomous, having freedom, and then the financial piece tend to work real well. <laughs> That's cool. Now, here's the big important question here on the mm. podcast. Who yes. do you like more, Rob or Kennedy? Oh, uh, well, you know, both of you bring an equal amount of talent and skills, but you have different personalities. So I'm going to say it's a package deal and nothing at all. How's that for politically <laughs> you correct? You are such a chicken. Yes, yes, yes. Well, <laughs> Finally, we want to know, you shared just the tip of the iceberg on some of the things you do in terms of your profiling, all the things that you can do. Where can folks go to find out more about you? Sure. A couple of places. If you happen to be someone who's interested in, in looking at assessments for use in hiring, you can go to betterhiresguaranteed.com, betterhiresguaranteed. And if you want just a bit more general information about me and who I am and, and how things work, you can go to spremuli.com, and I'll spell it, of course, S-P-R-E-M-U-L-L-I.com. And that's my website that kind of summarizes what I do and discusses the speaking topics that I present on, etc. Have no fear, though. We will be linking to both of those locations right inside of the show notes, which you'll be able to find. You'll see all the references to all the books and all the things we talked about during this episode with Michael over at blog.responsesuite.com. Brilliant. Dude, thank you so much for taking some time out to share your wisdom and insight with us and, of course, the Three Marketers listeners. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So it turns out you don't have to be brilliant at everything in the business and you don't have to enjoy doing everything in the business. And that's you mean okay. my skills and being an all-rounder are absolutely wasted. <laughs> all-rounder, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, that was, that was a tubby joke. Okay, okay. Uh, well, you walked straight into it. So, you know, you hand me it, I'll take it. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so I think Michael's, uh, Michael's insight is really interesting. A bit like you, I was a, like a sort of cynical of this whole personality profiling thing. I have been for a long time. But I think when you actually hear it broken down, you get past that term. Some of his ideas and insights and questions you can ask yourself to go searching deep within you are actually really interesting. And it also gives you that confidence that, like you said at the beginning there, you, just, you don't have to have all these skills. And to know what you're, str- what you're strong at and what you're not so strong at is, is to go in there informed, really, isn't it? And yeah. So you know what you're doing. So... Really great. So that pretty much brings us to the end of this episode. If you haven't already, make sure you do subscribe to Three Marketers Walking with a Podcast on your player. And follow us over on the social medias. Rob, where are we going for that? Just go and search on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram for Response Suite, and you'll find us. Just look for the little tick, and you'll be able to follow us and, uh, and see what we're up to. Do us one more favor. If you haven't already, leave us a review over on the iTunes. That would really help us to spread the word and get more of our messages and these guest messages into the ear holes of more folk to help them out. Other than that, we'll be back next week with a brand new special guest and more marketing gossip. We'll see you then. Don't miss a thing. Miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesweek.com.